This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Deanna Bartolini, an author, speaker, and retreat leader who wants you to know your faith and live not lukewarm. Welcome, everyone. It's Deanna Bartolini with the Not Lukewarm Podcast, and I am excited today to welcome a friend of mine, Julie Bartlett, who is going to talk to us today about her ministry passion of hope. Welcome, Julie. Hi, Deanna. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited too. I want to hear more about what you're doing. So tell us about your uh, ministry, Passion of Hope. Well, my ministry, like you said, is named Passion of Hope. And I have the website also called passionofhope.com. And basically, it's to give hope to singles who want to be married. And that hope is found in the fullness of truth of Jesus Christ as he's revealed himself in the fullness of truth of the Catholic Church. And so what do you do on on your website to support singles who are looking for a spouse? Well, I married my husband, Seth, at the age of 42. And we've been married almost 10 years now. But Getting married was a battle of epic proportions for me. And part of that battle was the struggle to maintain hope and believe that God could and would bring about a marriage for me despite what my feelings and circumstances were saying. And and when my husband and I did meet and marry, it showed me that God really was truly the God of miracles. And he set me free from my incredibly small view of him. And I want to do that for singles. I think a lot of people today that are out there that are singles who want marriage, who who really want to get married, struggle with the issue of hope, like, and feel hopeless that they'll meet somebody who they actually want to get married to, that they, they don't want to settle, which was the issue that I had. And there were a lot of people around me, like people who I knew, and then what society says to you that like you don't need marriage, that you know you have a career, that you know you can make it on your own. But that desire never went away for me, and I understand now that the reason it never went away was because I was meant to marry, and it didn't matter that I had a job or I could support myself, and and that you know society really has come to the point where they said marriage is, you know, dispensable. And then I've noticed that, you know, there's what I call this error that has crept into, you know, the church today, not the official teaching of the church, but what I call like the unofficial teaching of the church that, um, you know, whether it's saying that, you know, you, you have a gift, like what, St. Paul says that, you know, whether you want that gift or not, (laughs) or that you've called to been called to like a single vocation, um, which I, you know, personally don't believe exists unless you forsake the gift of marriage um, for the kingdom of heaven. That is a totally different thing. Um, But just to be single, to be single. um, And and I think people are struggling with that. And I um, truly believe that once we really know who God is, that gives us hope. And when we know all the matters of who God is, that's very hopeful. And so my ministry and on my website is to, uh, to, to 
write about all of those issues that lead us to stay in a state of prolonged singleness, which is what I was in. It's <laughs> very interesting. So you've said a lot, a lot of things. Um, one of the things that struck me was you, that you said when you, you had a small view of God. And I think, I think many of us could be said in a way to be guilty of that, to have a small view of God. Like we go to him with our, our concerns and our worries and our needs. And we think, Oh, is he going to answer them? Are they big enough to pay attention? You know, does he really care if these things go my way or, or if they go the way they're supposed to or not? And he really does. And when you go to him, you know, that small view changes because like you said, something miraculous happens when he answers your prayers because I have found, and it sounds like you have found the same thing, that the prayer doesn't get answered my way. It, get, it gets answered God's way, which is much bigger, much better, uh, you know, just, just all around a more encompassing answer than what I could perceive in my mind, you know? Um, so I think that's, that's interesting to put it that way, that when you did get married, you realized that it changed your view of God. It, it really did. And, and that's what led me to name the ministry and the website Passion of Hope, because the Latin word for suffering is, is pati and passio. It, it kind of goes both ways in the, in the Latin, I believe. And I'm, I'm never taken Latin. I had to do a little research on that. And so, um, but that's why we call it the Passion of Christ, because it was his suffering. And the biggest struggle for me, you know, being single to the age of 42 and going through so many, you know, the hopes and the, the death of so many relationships, dating relationships, was the suffering of my hope, like trying to retain that hopefulness of God bringing this about for me and, and believing not, not, I think most of us believe that God can do something, but will he do something is the bigger question. And, and seeing that he not only, you know, could do it, but that he would do it. And, and looking back now that I've been married like 10 years, just almost 10 years, that, that his, I truly believe his desire for me to marry was bigger than my desire for myself to marry. And that was a huge eye opener. Interesting to, to put it that way, that his desire was bigger than yours, because especially when we are sort of enmeshed in our struggle and trial, we think that our desire to get out of it couldn't possibly be bigger than anything else, right? Because our, we become sometimes very focused on that goal of leaving the thing we don't want to be in. Um, but it just goes back to the idea you know, really the truth, not an idea. It's not an idea. It's the truth that God wants our good and the good that he wants is so much more than we can possibly imagine. Exactly. You know, and sometimes it means waiting um, and it means waiting when you don't really want to wait. Um, but that waiting does something for you. I think, you know, it teaches you to be a, a different person. Oftentimes it hopefully teaches us to be better people, you know, um, Another thing you, you said, you commented um, about how society, culturally, marriage is viewed. You know, it's optional. It's disposable. Um, what is God, like, how does that jive with our view of what God teaches us? 
Well, that that's a really good question. I believe that I, you know part of what I want to do is encourage Catholics um, and and other singles too to view you know marriage through the eyes of what Scripture and the Church show us to be true, not by the means of the lens of what modern day society is saying. You know, like you know, women um, and men you know, we're empowered to believe that we don't need it, you know, and I'm very grateful that I was able to support myself, you know, through the age of, you know, 42. And I, and I supported myself well, you know, I, I had a good job, I, I made a very good living. So it, it wasn't like, oh, I, I need to get married to find someone to, you know, support me. <laughs> that wasn't the issue. I, I really desired to have a husband, you know, I, I want it, a marriage. And I, and it was also the issue of wanting to, to live within that marital bond, you know, you know, all the issues of, you know, what our society is, you know, purporting like birth control, like, you know, having sex outside of marriage. I didn't want to live that way. Um, I really desired to have someone to build a life with, to have things, somebody to do things with, to build a home with, no matter how much money I earned or, you know, what, you know, high, achievements I made in the workforce, that desire never went away. And, and I believe that there's a lot of people out there who feel that way. And, and those, you know, notions that our society puts on us, you know, you, you can't make that inner desire, you know, go away. And, and that's what I want to speak to. Yeah, that because it's that inner desire of our heart, you know, the, the things that you're talking about, yes, you had a good job, you had a good education, you had a career, you were able to do things you wanted, um, you know, have like a lifestyle that maybe from the outside looked, wow, she's got it all going on, you know, she's got it all together. And in some ways you do, right? Because those externals, they're nice to have. Who's going to deny that they're nice to have those things, right? But your heart, the desire of your heart is not about a nice car or having a job title that people go, Ooh, cool. Right. The desire of our heart is to be united with someone, you know, the way God intends it to be. Um, and, and not like a fleeting thing and not the way the world says, well, if you don't like this person today, you just go find the next person tomorrow. You know, that doesn't satisfy the desires of your heart. Exactly. Exactly. Like it, it was, and, and like I said, I, I'm very grateful for the education I have. I'm very grateful, you know, like if my, my husband, God forbid, should pass away, I can earn a living, I'm not going to be in poverty. And I, I would never want to trade that, you know, that, that education. Um, but it, I don't think we have to have either or. Like, I think we can have both. I think that's really important. I think that we can have both and it's not um, a question of, you know, what do you sacrifice if you are focused only on a career, whether you're a male or a female and not focused on building a life, then at the end of the you, at some point your career stops being important. You know, you, you've gone as far as you can or as far as you want to. And then what are you left with? Exactly. And I think that's, you know, I think society, you know, benefits when people stay single for so long because you are maintaining two homes, you're buying two dishwashers, you're buying two refrigerators, two washing machines. There's the financial benefit of people being single and, and maintaining two homes, two households, 
but the 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 people wanting to you never not want a relationship but wanting to do it god's way is a whole nother story right and and that really is where true freedom comes yes and always when we follow god's laws we have true freedom yes the, the difficulty then is i don't want to say convincing but guiding people to understand why that is right um because when you live the way god intends us to live married or single then we are having that freedom that comes from knowing that that path is the one that he desires for us to be on and he's going to help us much much more to live out the way we're supposed to live exactly exactly and i think like you know not in the so distant past you know, marriage was viewed as essential, not only to society, but to a person's well-being. And now it's not viewed as essential to a person's well-being. And, and that's where I think when people are struggling and what I, you know, not, I'm not the first person to, to coin this, but like a prolonged or a protracted singleness, it's not viewed like oh, you're suffering or you're struggling because like, you're like, well, you have a good job. You have an education. Like you should, why are you worried about this? But there is really something missing because God designed us to be in a marital relationship. Right. And people will say, oh, you know, you should, you should travel. You should, you know, explore new things and you should try different things. And I always think, well, well why couldn't you just do that with the person you are married to? I mean, I'm, um, I'm on the opposite end of this spectrum. I, I got married uh, when I was 19. And so, and people said to me, what are you doing? Are you crazy? And I thought, well, probably. Um, but, you know, I mean, I've been married now um, 36 and a half years. Um, so that's a long time to be married. Um, people will often say to me, you don't really look old enough to be married that long. And I think, well, I am old enough because I got married at 19. You just, you just assume that someone who's been married 36 years is going to be like 70. Um, <laughs> and I'm not. And so it's interesting to me, you know. Um, and in some ways, marrying young made things difficult in some ways. But I think in other ways, it made things easier. You know, it just depends. I don't think that uh, there's there's a magic number when you're supposed to get married. I think the magic, if we, I don't know that we even want to use that word in a, on a Catholic podcast, but it's the idea of finding that person that God wants you to be with, you know, not in the Cinderella, you know, he found my glass slipper kind of way. Right. <laughs> right. No. And I think that, you know, like in a, in a, the world today, like where, you know, the world works against you, you know, against marriage, you know, with everything that's, you know, going on today, like, you know, with confusion about marriage, um, where, you know, there's, you know, divorce is very easy. Um, you know, it's marriage is dispensable. And then, you know, we, there's also, um, you have spiritual warfare against marriage that, you know, obviously the devil hates marriage. He's been attacking it since day one back in the garden of Eden. Um, so I think that, um, there's, 
there needs to be a voice encouraging singles, like instead of, you know, telling them they don't need it or, you know, you, why do you want that? Or maybe you're called to be single. There needs to be someone out there who's on their side, who believes in them, in that hope. Because I know when, when I was struggling, you know, through my late twenties, all of my thirties <laughs> into my early forties, there were very few people um, that stood kind of as a lighthouse to me that believed completely like that I would get married. And um, I was so grateful for them. And, and I obviously did. And, and um, I want to, I really felt called that God really wants this message out there that because he loves marriage. So I love when you say that, and I've heard you say that before in other conversations that we've had. Um, God loves marriage. And I just, I think about that and I think, my goodness, you know, it's true because just as, I mean, God doesn't live by himself, right? There's a Trinity there's, and there's unity in that Trinity. There's father, son, and spirit. So if God himself doesn't want to be alone, why would he want us to be alone? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, in my, in my early thirties, when I was really starting, you know, to, um, struggle like with this and myself, like, you know, about this and wonder about it. I was, you know, would say, well, God said that it's not good for man to be alone. And, you know, people around me would be like, well, he really didn't mean a marriage. Like he meant, you know, you need friends and a community. And I was like, well, God could do anything. Like he could have just created like you know, a community, like he, he didn't have to, you know, create a help me. And, and I really believe that, that he created a marriage for that reason. And that marriage, you know, when I've done my, my research and, you know, looking at the scriptures and studying them, you know, that the, the reason the marriage relationship is so important is because number one, it mirrors the Trinity. Um, you know, that God lives in the Trinity. So the marriage relationship mirrors the Trinity. And so marriages are needed and families are needed to reflect God's presence here on earth. And then second of all, it mirrors Christ's relationship with, with his church. And it provides that sanctification that we also desperately need (laughs) here on earth in our fallen state. And, and oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we all need that, you know, so that was one of God's main, main tools that, that he wants to, you know, use to sharpen us, you know, yeah, absolutely. and then I, you know, he, what I also, you know, realized is that, um, he desires a marital relationship with us that, you know, and w- once I understood that, you know, um, you know, he's, it says that, you know, he walked in the cool of the day with Adam and, and he, I believe wants to do that again with us when he, you know, recreates the new earth and the new heaven and the book of revelations, like that marital relationship is what he desires again with us. And is already, and I'm not a theologian and I, I have never really studied theology officially, but in my different readings and everything that marital relationship has begun through 
the death and resurrection of Christ and the institution of the Eucharist. And it's going to be fulfilled when he reveals his bride, which is the body of Christ. And so he wants that marital relationship with us. He wants that closeness with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So before I forget, because I will forget, um, <laughs> I'm looking down at my notes and because I'm enjoying this conversation so much, um, where we, we came on to talk about something specific to, well, two things really to talk about your ministry, passion of hope, which since, since you have told me about it, which has been a while, um, I've just, I've been intrigued by it and, and really, I see the, the beauty of it and the, the purpose of it and the need, the need for it. But we're also here to talk about a conference that you are going to be speaking uh, at in October, I believe. So can you tell us a little bit about this conference? Sure. I am, I'm so excited about it. I am going to be speaking at the Standing in the Word retreat um, with Sonia Corbett, which for those who don't know or have not heard of Sonia Corbett, she is the Bible study evangelista. She is very renowned in the Catholic world. She has written a number of books. I first discovered Sonia Corbett um, back in 2015. She wrote the book Unleashed, and I just fell in love with her as an author. Um, her book Unleashed really impacted my life tremendously, uh, helped me um, really learn how to relate with God through the scriptures. And I developed a relationship with her, you know, um, through her books, and then um, decided as, as I really wanted to pursue a writing career to actually begin this ministry. And I am writing a book to put together a lot of the information about this calling to marry and, and get all the information out there in one central location for singles to find, I decided to enlist Sonia's consulting services, <laughs> um, which she does have out on her website as well, along with all of her other information. And um, so through that, I um, was able to um, learn a lot about the writing industry and everything. And so she's putting together this retreat and it's going to be held at the Shrine of the Blessed Sacrament in Hansville, Alabama, which for those who don't know, that's Mother Angelica's um, shrine and, and related to her angel, Our Lady of the Angels Monastery. And that's going to be held there on October 23rd through the 25th. And there's going to be a great amount of speakers there that Sonia has assembled uh, through her ministry and her consulting services. And I'm going to be speaking there. My talk is called um, God Wants You to Be Married. And basically, I'm going to talk about how um, in Matthew 19, Jesus speaks that there's three reasons that people don't marry. And um, I'm going to look at those. And then I'm also going to talk about how we're all going to be married to Christ in the book of Revelations when he creates the, the new earth and the new heavens. That sounds like that's going to be a very interesting topic. And just listening to you talk in this brief time, you know, for an extended period about your ministry and about marriage, I really, I really get this sense that Yes, I know you've said that God has called you to this, but he really has put this on your heart and equipped you in a big way to, to move forward. You know, and I think that's something that 
I'm just going to say this like as a personal note, right? Um, that in general, I think we forget that when God calls us to something, he really does equip us to it. But, you know, he puts the people in our path. He puts the situations in our path. And we have to keep reminding ourselves sometimes. And this is one of those times where I'm talking to myself to just keep doing the next thing because he really does want you to do it. You know, and I think this is a great example. Um, and I know that everyone listening doesn't know that, but I'm, I'm going to just testify to that, that I have, you know, known Julie for probably about a year and a half now. And step by step, I've seen just things God calls, she answers step by step, things have been put into place and moving forward through some personal challenges that she's had and different trials and struggles, just like everybody else in this world. Um, and just being faithful to what God asks us to do is huge. And I think this is just a great example of that. And I am super excited that you're going to get to go and be able to talk at this conference. Um, oh, thank you, And Indiana. is it an in-person only, or is it also going to be live streamed or you don't know yet? I, as far as I know, I think it's only in person. Okay. Um, I know Sonia has the information on her website. So if you people are interested in looking, it's the, BibleStudyEvangelista.com. There's a page there. I believe as of today, there's 37 tickets left. Okay. I will. Um, okay. Well, I'll put that up on the, in the links to the show notes. Um, and then we, you know, people can go from there and see what's happening. And just again, Julie's website, again, tell us Julie is. Is passionofhope.com. Okay, it's really easy to listen, uh, to remember, to listen to. Oh my goodness. It's passionofhope.com and I will link to that as well. And uh, you can also follow, follow Julie on Instagram and on Facebook. So before we end, we always like to do our Not Lukewarm Challenge and Julie and I chatted for a little bit. Um, and I think we've come up with one, right? Yes, yes we have. So Julie's going to send me a short prayer. And our challenge to you listeners this week is to pray for someone who is single and who wants to be married. You can tell the person, you cannot tell the person. Um, and just really to encourage that person, right, Julie, would you say? Yeah, I think so. Like I know that when I was single, there were, I had a close knit group of friends that I, you know, would talk to and who would encourage me and who absolutely believed in me that I would get married and they prayed for me. So I think if you know someone who's struggling, or even if they don't tell you that they're struggling, if you just want to believe in them and pray for them, for their future spouse, that they'll get married, I, I think that would do a world of good for them. Because I think they're just bombarded with so many messages and, and may not even feel confident that they can admit that they're struggling. Absolutely. I agree. So that, listeners, is your Not Lukewarm Challenge this week, is to pray for someone who is single, that they find the person that God intends for them to be with. And so with that, I'm going to say, Julie, thank you. I would love to talk for longer, but we're going to cut it at this. Um, and thank you for being here. Oh, no, thank you for having me, Deanna. It was an honor. And when your book comes out, you will come on again to tell us about your book. So um, again, thank you. And 
Thanks for listening to the Not Lukewarm Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please subscribe or tell a friend or leave a review. You can find all show notes and links on notlukewarmpodcast.com. That's also where you can find links to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. If you have a topic that you'd like to learn more about or want to tell me how the Not Lukewarm Challenge went this week, please send me an email at Bartolini at mediaangels.com.